Welcome to the MFR Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how you can create a six-figure MFR practice. I'm your host, Heather Hommel. Not only have I been practicing MFR for 11 years, I'm also a life and business coach, especially for MFR therapists. My goal is for you to understand how to get fully booked, how to talk to your clients, and how to make sure they understand what's possible for them with MFR treatment. I'm here to help you stop under earning, overworking, and burning out. I'll lend support so you can create the MFR practice you've always wanted. Learn how you can do it too, even if you live in a tiny town, and even if you're just starting out, and even if you've ran your practice for years. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the MFR Coaches Podcast. I have a repeat guest on the podcast. Rob Crampton today is with us from James River Myofascial Release. Rob, I think this is your, is this your third time on the podcast? Uh, see, yeah. Yeah. So this is pretty fun. I think you're my guest with the most visits to the podcast. So you now maybe should have a sticker for that. I don't know, (laughs) but this is like, this is a very special episode because it is as good as done. Rob is going to cross the $100,000 mark in his myofascial release business as a single practitioner, as a massage therapist, as a myofascial release therapist. We're recording this in August of 2022. It's not even the end of the year. And this is as good as done. So we have projected, uh, gone through all of his numbers and he will be hitting that in the next couple of weeks. So we are interviewing him ahead of time because we like to celebrate these successes and get the feel of success in our bodies so that when we cross that mark, we actually can um, appreciate it more than just for like a blink in time. So welcome to the episode. Thank you for being willing to come on and talk to us about your numbers. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great, Heather. Uh, Happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, so fun. So we just had a fun alumni call the other night and you were on that and everybody was going around and celebrating. And there are a lot of people that are getting close to this 100K mark already for the year. And I just want to celebrate how amazing this is to get to 100K in a year not only just as a massage therapist, but as a myofascial release therapist, because I don't know of like millions of us that are doing this, that are making this kind of money. Did you ever see yourself as a six-figure earner? Yeah, I don't think I did. Yeah. So now what is it like knowing that this is happening? Like it's as good as done. It's it's, it's surprisingly easy. (laughs) Yeah. Which is of anything that's like, wow, this amount of time within... Last year, I think when we first started coaching back in February Mm -hmm. to the present moment. Yeah. So, and I mean, even last year, like that was, I got pretty darn close to the 100K mark. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's true. So, yeah, we don't want to discount that too. And for anyone that's listening and thinking, like, oh, well, I'm not going to hit 100K, or maybe even you're in my coaching container currently and you're not close to that, or it seems really far out of reach, I just want you to take a moment to celebrate exactly where you are right now, because it takes where you are right now and honoring that and um, respecting where you are and be feeling proud of yourself where you're at right now to get to where you want to be. And the most important thing is at one point, like for Rob and anyone else who decides to make $100,000 or more, you have to make that, that has to become a decision that you make. It has to come into your awareness as a goal that you want to make. Because when you weren't really having a focused goal towards that or taking steps to make that happen on purpose, what was your business like? Uh, I was floating along. I was just figuring, you know, like, uh, oh, success will come at some point. Get the whole initial thing of, I guess, with MFR therapists and hearing other folks talking about, like, I got on the registry. And I opened my doors and, you know, if the, I started getting my hands on people and then the rest would speak for itself. Happy ending. Yay. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it wasn't a Cinderella story in that sense. Um, yeah. but, but it wasn't even that you thought anything was wrong necessarily in your business, even when you reached out for help with coaching, right? Like you just wanted to feel a little better or to see what was possible for your business. Because it's not like you were not busy or not you were just having like some inconsistency if i remember right okay yeah i had like a panic there at back in january because things slowed down a bit and Mm -hmm. and yeah but that was also i mean 
there was for me there was this sort of like alarm uh in a sense but i always tried to see the benefit of the doubt in that like in various situations especially looking back on stuff and like well if i didn't this didn't happen to me then i wouldn't be where i'm at now yeah and i had a nice good kick in the butt of of a big fear uh panic of maybe thinking i'm not gonna be able to support my partner and myself and and yeah, that provoked one, a recognition that I've been doing this by myself for so long. And I think it's worth it to maybe look outside of just my own personal experience. Yeah. Because if we look at your numbers before coaching and before you reveal them, we're going to share all the numbers today. Everybody's going to get the numbers. up in Rob's business. But just knowing I know what they were, you are making a fairly good income. And I'm going to say like good in air quotes, if we compare it to what the average or feel like it was even above average for massage therapists and probably even for MFR therapists and full disclosure, it wasn't until the very last year of my MFR practice that I started to pull down numbers like that. And then I was stopped short because it was COVID. So I haven't even experienced the on-purpose success within my own MFR practice that now that my coaching clients are starting to see. Mm -hmm. So it's really fun as the coach to be like, do you guys know that I didn't even do that? And you're doing it. Like I had a vision that everybody could do it. I had myself set up to do it. I didn't get to do it. You guys are all doing it now. It's really badass. Heck yeah. It's so, like, yeah, it was like hoping to be here, but it's just all that good is spread out. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into it. Let's share some numbers. What was your 2020 year like? I know we have to have a little caveat. It was COVID. You were shut down for a couple of months. Yes. And COVID caveat, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was shut down about probably somewhere about towards the end of March till the just at the beginning of June is when I kicked back in again. Okay. Yeah. So I had okay. about a, two months and a, maybe a week or two. Just with COVID being such a weird year, it's like hard to get like an accurate picture of well, what was that year really? <laughs> All right. I got 2019, 20, 21, and 22. Awesome. Okay. So tell me your 2019 numbers. Uh, my 2019 numbers were 47,060 or 47,060. Yeah. Okay. And if you remember back, do you kind of remember roughly like how many sessions you were doing a week or what was your life like when you to make that much money? Yeah, that was, I was available for six appointments a day that was still going off of my old game plan with work and mm -hmm. but i don't think i think maybe once every month or a couple times every month i might actually have a full six but a lot of the times it was and that would have yielded six times five would have been 30 appointments at the most that i could experience with clients mm -hmm. but i don't ever remember having really a full day or an actually booked out week so you had lots of availability and lots of struggle to fill the slots. Yeah, I can definitely give you something about it. Probably averaged about maybe 12 to uh, 16 what spots per week was my average at the time. Okay, that's good memory. <laughs> Remembering. Okay. All right. And then the lovely 2020. The lovely 2020, it is uh, 50,363. Okay. What do you think was the difference in 2020 from 2019? Even because you took more time off, right? Yeah. Not because you wanted to. Is Are you figuring in like PPP loans or any kind of government assistance in that total? Or that's just no, hands-on? This is strictly my... This is all through Square, which is basically everything that um, my business income comes from. So Okay. So did you just started to fill more spots and started to have a little more consistency? A little more consistency than COVID hit and then a massive amount more consistency, which I wasn't expecting. Like, again, I was sort of in the expectation like, oh, people are going to be scared. They're not going to want to come out. And actually, but then I think that was when I we worked out a, a little bit of a comparison that my August numbers was technically my best month of that whole year. Mm -hmm. And still in comparison to any of my uh, years from last year and this year, have the, there's no way that my August matches up to just even a lower count uh, month. That That's I awesome. Had. Yeah. Okay. 
So tell us 2021. So we started to work together in January of 2021 or February? February 2021. Okay. Tell us your numbers. So (laughs) my numbers, 95,795. Wow. Yeah. I was almost there, just less than 5,000 shy. Yeah. Okay. Let's circle back a little bit too. So in 2021, you raised your rate. Correct. You started seeing less people actually like you. Yep. Five people per day versus six people per day. It's still the five day work schedule. So instead of 30, if I were anticipating a full boat, Mm -hmm. it was down to 25. Okay. Because I remember, I think from a previous podcast interview, your August 2020, which was your biggest month to date in 2020, like of your career, you saw 70 some clients or 90 some clients. Do you remember? It was a really high number of clients. It was 90 something clients. It was almost near a hundred. Okay. To create that. Okay. So I think that max was about maybe 8,000 Maybe, yeah, somewhere about 8,000, 8,500, somewhere in there. Okay. So you had that 8K month in August of 2020. 2021, $95,795 working less. And whenever you're on the podcast, I like to point out the unique schedule that you have because it just shows all of the options that are available. Because when people come to me for coaching in the first few weeks of group, there's a lot of different camps of... What's the best treatment time? And most, <laughs> mostly they come and they've got half hour, 45 minutes, an hour, 75 minutes, 90 minutes, two hours. Like there's... And then the evaluation. And there's like an eval, eval and treat. Yeah. And, and there's so many different price points and offers. And I say, okay, everybody, we're going to pick one offer, one price point. And if you want, you can have a package and I'll help you use those packages to get fully booked. I'll teach you my method for that. And there's a lot of resistance. It's like a horse galloping and then coming to a screeching halt. (laughs) Usually when I say that for some people, and it's usually like around the 90 minute time period. And then I always use you as an example. And I'm like, well, we have Rob Crampton who is going to pull down a hundred K because you almost did it last year. So I've been using you as an example for a long time. (laughs) And I'm like, and he does 45 minute sessions, even on a first visit. And it's not a problem. He just made a decision one day. That's what you were going to do. Okay. So you do the 45 minute session. This is something you've always done, but I like to use you as this example because it just shows that as long as you love what you're doing and you like your reasons behind it, you're unstoppable. Cause you've also done now since we've started working together, you know, you made that one initial pretty big price increase. And then you did it again towards the end of last year, right? Yeah, that was, I think, uh, about October, I made that decision to mm-hmm. go up. I was initially 115. As I was seeing you, I decided to switch to that. And that's after I got mm-hmm. my initial facts set up. Because mm-hmm. you were at like, what, 90 before that? I was at 90 before that. Okay, so you went 90 to 115. This is for a 45-minute treatment. And that wasn't even on my radar when I initially was connecting with you. Yeah, you weren't. You <laughs> didn't really want to raise your rate, right? You were like, ah. no, no, I, I, I didn't even think about it. It was when you just wanted. You said, "Hey, let's get the facts first, Which, and I don't even know if that was part of your intention or not. But I just looked the facts, and you're like, "No, what?" It just it came within my own. Um, yeah. Like you decided it. Yeah. Well, cause I yeah. never tell people what to set their rate at. It really is individual because everybody's facts are different. But I mean, it was like, again, I wasn't even considering that as a part of the whole, it's just cause of, it was just naturally organically came from looking at the numbers and realizing, I think I need to raise my rates. Mm-hmm. It was just, and that was, that's the power of one of the things I loved about working with you was just looking at the facts and how much they make sense. Yeah. If you were willing to pay attention to them and not be afraid of them. Right. Yes. We're going to talk about that in this episode too. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, and so, it's uh, 2019, April, 2019, when I went with the uh, 45 minutes, started doing that as a thing. Okay. And other side question, what year did you start being an MFR therapist? 2013 was when I started. Okay. That's right. So you... You had been at it for a while. So 2013 to 2021, before we worked together, you had Mm -hmm. a good chunk of time and things were working. (laughs) They just, they were working. I was floating along. Yeah. You just 
saw my offer and you took me up on it. You're like, what do I have to lose mm-hmm. <laughs> working with Heather? Okay. 2019, 47,000. 2020, just over 50K. Yes. 2021, 95, almost 96,000. Yeah. And here we are at the end of August of 2022. Well, mid-August 2022. This episode will air in September, mm-hmm. I, I believe. What are you at right now? 92,414. Wow. Yeah. So I will definitely by September clear the 100K mark. Yeah. So good. And that'll be September. And I still have October, November, and December to go. Yeah. But you could just take the rest of the year off if you wanted. You hit your goal, yeah, right? Yeah, you know, if I wanted to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I've seen you at seminars this year. So it's not like you've just been working solid. You've had time off. How much time off have you had this year? Oh, let's see. I did a one week T for T, then uh, the Sedona and the or advanced unwinding. I took mm-hmm. also, um, I was uh, did a seminar in May, two, two seminars back to back in May unwinding and MFR2. I don't know if I did anything during the first few months. I might have helped out a, at a seminar, fascial pelvis, but. Uh, did you go I, like on vacation or take any like personal just you time? No, I did not. Okay, we might need to schedule that in for the rest of the year Some <laughs> at some point. It might be something to consider, right? Well, in September, I, well, as far as my schedule goes, September will be going back up to Malvern, but Laura okay. will be getting treatment and I'll awesome. be just, and then October I'll be, I'm doing MFR3 and Subtle Energy. Okay, so you've got, and I think for you, when you go to like MFR3 and Subtle Energy and some of those, MFR3 is really like a retreat you're not necessarily like working hard. I mean, you are, you're doing like self work, but it's a little less luxury and a little more time to like get outside and take care of yourself and really do some inner work. So lots of half days. Yes. Okay, great. So, I mean, even with T for T, advanced unwinding, unwinding MFR2, you think you assisted also at fascial pelvis, which makes sense. And going back for MFR3, you've made 92 you're going to clear 100k after the end of this month i mean that's a lot that's a lot of time off that's like close to six weeks yeah yeah so when i first proposed to you the idea or maybe you saw like i didn't always talk about making 100k in the beginning of doing this because i think i thought who am i to tell people that they can make a hundred thousand dollars (laughs) right Really me. You got over that belief I, know, I know I did. I got over it. I grew up. So even with six weeks off, you're going to clear the hundred K. I want to ask you this question. I wrote this down because I think this is really important to suss out and, and other people can start to like have awareness for themselves too. But what do you think are some of the emotions or feelings that you're willing to feel now that helped you create that result that previously you either weren't aware of or you were possibly avoiding? Well, there was definitely times where I had to overcome my fears when I might have had a client cancel, but then that started to ease itself up too, because I started to realize, you know, I'm set my rates up or my rates. So I didn't have to worry if I had a cancellation or something like that. That was one of the things when it first happened, I was like, Woo! but then as I realized it, it was like, oh, I'm still doing great. Mm-hmm. Do you think it was like before maybe you were not unwilling to feel scarcity or to like allow it in and now you're just calling it out when you have it? Because I do feel like you always tell on yourself, you're like, oh, I'm in, this is scarcity for me. This is. Yeah. Yeah. Like that seems to be an occasional thing that pops up and, you know, it hasn't been an issue lately, knock on wood for whatever the reason but it was definitely hanging on my shoulders. And some of that was just, you know, I had to realize what I hear outside in the news about, say, supply chain stuff or things like that. And it's like, that's going on there. If that affects me, then we'll work with it if it comes this way. But otherwise, if it's not there on my doorstep, then why do I need to keep on like spinning things in my head about it? And yeah, like solving a problem that you're not actually experiencing. Exactly. Yeah. And that actually sort of helped with the things here and there, just realizing some problems. Like, is this something I can do anything about right now? If I then know, okay, then stop. Uh, I can't then stop paying attention to it as much as I um, mm-hmm. realize that. Okay. Yeah. So scarcity. And then one other thing I think that was big for you in the beginning was your money story and like 
how, you know, you just never like paid attention to it before. And so you had these aspirations. Well, first of all, I don't think you let yourself have really big aspirations. Like you always had enough, like you had enough money to do the things you wanted, but then bigger life things started to happen. You and your partner were like, let's buy a house. You know, let's possibly bring in some animals that we want to take care of. Let's plan for vacations. Like let's start to do things on purpose. And you were like, okay, what would it be like to have money ahead of some of these decisions or to be able to completely support my partner if I wanted to, or bigger aspirations of like something that never occurred to you that you would want to do or need to do. Like it just wasn't in your field of vision, I guess. Yeah. And some of it too. So I won't go, I won't reveal too much about, I won't give um, my partner's name, but just I'll give a little background, a brief background on where she's coming from. Like she was in an MVA like about seven years ago. um, And she basically went from a thriving life with her job as a dentist to a complete no work at all. And just been recovering since then. Mm -hmm. She hasn't been back in the seat. And so I've essentially been the one to be the breadwinner here. And for a while, I was just floating along with that and the responsibilities. Like, like we seem to do all right to a certain yeah. extent. But yeah, but this 2020 um, was where I had just this more awareness that I need to grow up within myself and my finances and how I run my business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was like some of the goals when you came in. I, I was doing some work with another coach, Alex Engar, and got, you know, like shared with you some of the financial. Mm-hmm. organization that he offered and you shared with the group the other day or I think or maybe you were just talking to me but how you were able to during the last 2 years start to really put your money to work for you not necessarily like with big investments but like in a way where you actually have at the end of the year instead of just having paid all of your expenses and just cuz it's really easy to pull down a large number and still have zero money at the end of the year yeah yeah, which but is you, also that's not your case, be, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I could be prone to that. I could easily get caught up in like buying a bunch of gizmos and gadgets if I wanted to. Yeah, but no, um, yeah, Alex gave me a little bit of that sort of uh, target to aim for, and I did speak to that at our little alumni thing. Like, I have, I think, at least a four um, month emergency fund. I've got a bunch of my bank accounts in my personal set up for the. I think, uh, what is it, the baskets or the that. Yep. Like the just different buckets of where you're going to put buckets. your money. Yep. Yeah. And then got my business uh, separate too. So now, because I used to have my personal and business basically together, which was a lot of fun with helping me not have to pay attention to my money. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, there's just a pile of money here. What's happening? Yeah. And that okay. does make another big difference there. So you can see what is this and what is that of my expenses and finances and personal and business. And, all. Mm-hmm. and that's probably what's helped you to see, oh, I can afford to do things, for instance, like you're back in coaching this round. So just mm-hmm. because you want to, right? Like, <laughs> like I can do this and doing that many seminars in a year because you could mm-hmm. and you wanted to and you could afford it. You weren't creating more of a stress on your system. Yeah. And moving more into that, I think, um, I guess, maturity with my business too. I've recently just got accepted by or given permission or however the IRS does, but they approved me to be recognized as a escort. Yeah. So now I'm following through with... Like, are you now a W-2 employee of your business? Uh, well, that's what I'm getting, uh, working on. Yeah. For next year. Um, no, it's it'll be for this year. Well, I, I don't know how it works out, but they're recognizing it for this year. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I guess I think, well, I'll, that's all... That's a box that I'll figure out here in the moment. But I just recently came with that. And now I'm just getting started into that part of it. Okay. And you have, remind me, you have a bookkeeper and you have an accountant. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So for anyone listening to this, they're like, wait, what? Do I need to be an S-corp? Like that's completely a conversation to have with your accountant. And I would highly recommend that you have a bookkeeper in place and you have an accountant and you're having these conversations so that they can then advise you or direct you on what is the next best thing for you for tax advantages. Because it's one thing when you're just like a flow through S corp and you're not incorporated, you just have a schedule C on your taxes. But then when you are pulling down in profit, because your profit, I would assume is going to be close to hundred K by the end of the year. 
like all of the things above 100k is probably your expenses here and you know yeah that's neither here nor there but depending on how you run your business and what your expenses are so yeah so once you hit those numbers like that is a decision that you're going to want to make because it makes more sense from a tax tax perspective so yeah i'm not a tax accountant um <laughs> or a medical professional so <laughs> Caveat. Okay. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, that's exciting because it's like the next level of what's next in my business. This isn't a cute hobby. I'm doing this on purpose. I'm seeing the long-term benefits of my business and having it and treating it like a real entity, like a real living, breathing, thriving thing, instead of just that cute thing that hopefully buys you bread and milk at the end of the day when that's all you can afford to eat. Yeah. So yeah. Very, very exciting. What would you say, do you identify as a six-figure earner? And what do you imagine, like, when you see your Square account and it turns to $100,000, are you feeling excited and proud now? Or are you waiting to feel excited and proud when you see it turn? I mean, I'm feeling excited now because I know it will turn to a hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I like, I know that's going to happen. So I'm just excited realizing, like I just checked back in. Yeah. It's where I'm at now. And at the, the time of year, it's just, it's freaking awesome. Yeah. What would you say to yourself, the Rob now, if you could go back in time and give advice to Rob in 2020 or Rob in 2021, or even Rob at the beginning of this year, what would you tell him? I guess I would just say, keep on believing in yourself and trusting the outcome, even despite the occasional um, moments where your mind might try and get the best of you, Uh, especially those moments too. just know that they will not last forever. That just like you on the river, uh, when you're in the rapids and when you're in the slack water, these moments will move through. They're temporary. And and so are those thoughts. Yeah. It's kind of like what we could tell our MFR patients right? When they're in the healing crisis or they're like feeling terrible yeah, and they want to quit. Yeah. And us as the therapists, we can like agree with them and be like, you're right. I'm not helping you. Yeah. Or we can hold the vision for what we know is possible and what we know is one or two or three, or maybe it's 20 treatments away, but the outcome, if they don't stop. Yeah. Is priceless. Right. So that's like what I do as your coach. When we started coaching together, I had no doubt like you were going to be able to do all of these things. And I held the belief for you till you had it for yourself. And it became inevitable. The minute you believed it for yourself, it was like there was no stopping you. Now, whether it takes one year to do it or two years or three years, that time is none of our business. And it's the same conversation that we should be having with our patients. Right. Mm-hmm. It's none of our business how long it takes for them to get to where they want to go. Right. There really doesn't have to be a hurry. Yeah. There just has to be a belief that it's possible. Yes. Yeah. So fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We could get really sappy about all of the things because it's not going through coaching and doing all this. And this is like, it's an inside job, don't you think? Oh. Getting to where you are in your business. Yeah, totally. I and mean, some of the things that were tweaks and just felt like tweaks, it was like just this simple change of perspective. And then there were definitely some like the the scarcity thing that there was a constant like working with, like it would still come back in some way. And then there was always that reassurance of like, okay, no, everything's fine. It's mm-hmm. just a thought. Yeah. And I think you probably have more space to hold that thought that creates the scarcity for you in your body. Like when that feeling comes in, now it's not like an enemy defeated. It's just like, oh, here it is again. This is just what I do when I'm thinking this, or this is just what happens once a day. And when you don't have to get rid of it, like a hot potato, it just moves through you. It's like, I'm sitting here being like, so how is the scarcity going? You're like, I just don't have any right now. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. But tomorrow it might be there and it's just not going to be a problem because you know how to look at your facts. Like you know how to kind of soothe yourself or walk through the things that help you to see that it's just a thought. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's definitely times where you just believed that it wasn't enough or you didn't, or things were going to go bad or you weren't going to have clients or they weren't going to pay your rate. 
Yeah, like this is going so good now. Is it going to last forever? Yeah, waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was, I think, something in in that where I think a certain point where I just sort of realized, you know what? One, hear, see, hearing, listening to your podcast occasionally, um, as well as just and hearing how people are doing great. And then mm-hmm. part of it's also realizing too um, that it's not to say that I want people to be in pain or anything, but the pain profession is a pretty recession-proof position or career. Yeah. I mean, people are always going to be in pain. Yeah. They can't always find an MFR therapist, unfortunately. Right. Unless more people go all in on it. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing I love the most is when I have someone that comes in here as a client. I mean, I love all my clients like so much, but the ones that come in that are like still working part-time or still doing massage, right? Because they're not quite sure that they can just do MFR only. And the minute they make that decision and they start to become more confident in their skill level and be more confident in like, hey, I'm an MFR therapist and I can help you. And they start getting busy and they start helping people for real. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, like it doesn't even occur to them to do a massage. It doesn't even occur to them to keep that other job. They don't need it as a safety net anymore. They become their own safety net. They become their best referral source. Yeah. Okay. So I think people might have the question of, okay, how much did you spend on ads? How much marketing have you done? Did I give you some, or did I give you a promise to help you with marketing or some sort of fancy way to talk about yourself? No, 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 it wasn't. And like no marketing spending, like I had already early on in my thing, I played around with Facebook ads and I didn't even try Google ads, but yeah, I didn't really get anything out of any of those. So I was just like, all right, this isn't, it's been word of mouth, uh, AKA me being my best uh, selling point and then Mm -hmm. having a website. Those are the two things I definitely can speak of that have probably helped uh, me the most with where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. And you live in a town with multiple MFR therapists. Yep. And yeah, and I'm the study group leader. So I see a bunch of them too, uh, coming in for uh, every two months when I host. So good, good. Well, and hopefully they get on your schedule as patients too. There are a few of them are patients. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So for anybody listening, you know, if you guys have the ability to get regular MFR treatment from other therapists in your area, take advantage of that. There are so many people that do not have that resource. Like I'm going to drive two and a half hours the end of this month and get treated with two members of the a previous group because they both live in Madison. And I'm just like, Hey, I'm going to be in Madison. I'm going to get treated by both of them. So I'm doing back-to-back treatments and I go there every three months. So I'm going to start doing that regularly. That's amazing for me to be able to have that opportunity, but yeah, it's two and a half hour drive, just one way to find people. So that's really good. And I also wanted to point that out that there are multiple therapists in your area and close, like outside of your area too. And you're still pulling down this kind of money, treating this many people. And I know for sure there's two other people in your area, one that's up and coming and going to be able to create this result and one that's currently like creating it. And that says a lot about how there are plenty of bodies for everybody to work on. There is, there just is enough business for everyone who wants to be in business. I don't think there's such thing as like a saturated MFR therapy area. Yeah. And then from like me trying to look at it, not from a scarcity place, because part of me is thinking like, you know what, if we have more therapists doing the work, that means there's going to be more people that are going to be aware of the work, which will be looking for it even more. Yeah. It helps you. It helps you. Yeah. Because I had another therapist back in 2021 who was in an area with two other therapists. They were both expert level. She was not, and she didn't want to get on the directory. And I was like, get on the directory. (laughs) Like it's fine. And she did. And she really quit hiding. You know, she changed her thoughts about not being an expert or whatever. And yeah, like I talked to her a couple months ago and she was getting ready to hire another therapist because she's so busy. So yeah. And it's like, and those other therapists are also fully busy. So being in an area with other therapists, it is not a problem. I know that is a concern that some therapists have. And it's easy to be in competition or to compare and despair. But the more we see each other in our own businesses as colleagues yeah. and not ever competition, the better it is. And I think it just, 
it's easier and it's healthier and it doesn't waste any drama time. <laughs> yeah. And then I, it's nice too, because I can always refer out like whether maybe even plateauing with a client and then maybe just a different pair of hands and energy. But then I have a couple of therapists. They're not in the Richmond area, but they're two pelvic floor therapists that I refer out to MFR therapists, one of them, yeah. Mandy and Williamsburg. Yeah, Mandy. Yeah. Shout out to Mandy. Shout out to Mandy. And, <laughs> and uh, Annie Cardwell up in uh, Kings George. So like, obviously uh, being an MT, I can't do pelvic work, but I have two great therapists that I can refer out to. Yeah. So that's also nice to have that to like, we can occasionally share the the wealth in a sense. Yeah, that's so good. And a way to use your resources. Mandy is a past coaching client too. And it's fun to like get to know each other, like in these different groups. Cause even with 20 plus people in them, like they're still pretty intimate. Like you still really get to see people's personalities and get to understand where they're at. And then it's easy to be like, Oh, people for some reason are always asking me where they should go to get MFR. You probably have the same or similar experience. And when you can just recall someone and be like, oh, I know Gina out in California or Jackie out mm -hmm. in LA, you're just going to call them off the top of your head and be like, oh, this is where they are. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Rachel out in Ohio, you know? So yeah, that's fun. It's fun. Okay. I know I've asked you this question before. Before you came for coaching, what did you think you would get out of coaching and what did you actually get? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to get maybe a better business sense. Like business with a briefcase? Yeah, I guess so. You know, I honestly wasn't sure. I just knew I needed help in some way. And some of the things that I was welcome, like really welcome to, you might have highlighted that in our initial uh, half an hour uh, phone conversation. Mm -hmm. It's just something I came about, like realizing as we were working together is that, okay, this there's not, I'm not learning gimmicks here. I'm learning essentially pay attention to the things that I am in a sense sabot or I guess working against myself. And yeah. And they're not really that hard once some of the for some of these things that I recognize or just seeing like, oh, this is where I'm stepping on my own toes. Mm -hmm. Essentially. But I wish I could say I definitely had a specific game plan. I think it was just like I need help. And that was a good enough for the moment. <laughs> it totally is too. And I think that's important to say to people because some people will think Oh, I'm not sure, or I don't, you know, I don't know what I need. Or some people think I'm really intimidating, which I think is hilarious. Yeah. I'm sorry. I come across like that. You guys, <laughs> I'm really just a nerd. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like maybe they're thinking, or maybe you're thinking like, Oh, am I going to like need to be smart in these things? Or am I going to need to know a whole bunch of stuff ahead of time? And the answer is no, no, <laughs> I'm just going to figure it out because yeah, it's like an MFR session, right? If I come to you guys, if I come to you and I already know how to solve all of your problems, I mean, I know a lot about business. Like that's not a, it's not a question, but I'm not going to come in and tell you what to do in your business that I'm not running. Right. Yeah. Just like when a client comes to you for MFR, we don't just burst into the room like a cowboy entering the bar, like, da -da -da. <laughs> you know? yeah, we want to listen to what's going on and offer the help that we can. And meet them where they're at. Exactly. And let them actually be the hero in their journey. Yeah. We don't force. Nope. I never felt like my arm was being wrung behind my back or anything. You know, it was actually a lot of the questions were just very uh, introspective. Mm -hmm. Which and it was just like, oh, 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 oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I love it. What do you think about being back in a new group after being out of coaching? for how long were you out of coaching? Like six months, maybe a little longer. Yeah. I think I finished, we finished what, like at the end of December or a little after December, somewhere there. And Something like that. Yeah. And then now I'm, it's been since then. Okay. It's yeah. About, I guess a good six, six, seven months. Yeah. So what is that like now being back in it? Is it different than previous groups? Is it yeah, the, there is like some of the things that I see the kids uh, worrying about. <laughs> the new peeps, yeah. <laughs> the new peeps. I'm like, yeah, totally been there. Yeah, I know that there's some, yeah, that sucks. And then just seeing how some folks are overcoming it, which is really cool too. I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. Just things that I can consider for myself. And that's what I, I love about that is like you have a bunch of uh, focused minds together and there's the potential to bounce and ping these successes or well, just uh, potential successes off of each other. 
Yeah. So being one of the top dogs, like one of the top dog earners, do you feel like there's any less of a benefit to someone in your position continuing on with coaching? Oh yeah, totally. Learning never stops. Like John says, I think with about being a master, it's like you just try be have a beginner's mind every time. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, I'm in there maybe some of the things I've heard before or experienced before, but I've still tried to allow myself to just be that beginner mind again. Um, and maybe something that reminds me of like, yeah, I remember being in those footsteps. I was a, a little tough at the time, but I came out on top and it just reaffirms too that, you know, if I meet any future challenge, I'll eventually come out on top as well. Yeah. Like you survived that. Yeah. I appreciate though, like you coming with that beginner mind and you being willing to see everything as a beginner and not have to have it be some sort of like next level situation in order for you to identify that it's for you. Yeah. Because that's really badass. It's just, it's the same as repeating seminars, right? Mm-hmm. You can repeat seminars and be annoyed and triggered the entire time because you know it all mm-hmm. or decide you know it all and never repeat one. And you just sell yourself short. I mean, you'll be fine. Honestly, like you will be fine. Even people will be fine even if they don't come for coaching or they don't repeat. But what if you did? (laughs) What what would happen if you stayed in? And I shared on a podcast a couple of podcast episodes ago about how I took a break from coaching. And it was just a series of like unfortunate decisions that I made. And everything was fine. Like I still did great in my coaching business and I still helped a lot of people. But internally and for myself and for my goals for how I want to feel while I'm running my business and how I want to just show up as a human... There's like a lot of suffering going on that was unnecessary. So I'm happy that I'm back in coaching with my coach. And now I'm starting a new mastermind, which is super fun. I'm going to mm. be in Florida next week for that. So, And then you get to bring that back to the group. And then I get to bring that back to you guys. Yeah. So it's just an interesting... I think that it was helpful for me to go through that though. That was my first time without coaching. And while it was okay... It wasn't exquisite. <laughs> I would like for it to be, you know, like, so just a side note on that. So, but I don't know, like, how were you feeling outside of coaching? Were you feeling like anything was going wrong or did you ever feel like, oh, I wish I could get coached on this or? There's probably something that I could always uh, pick up on. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure there was. And some, I had some of the things that the tools that I received originally from you, which helped. Mm-hmm. And I, Again, like I know some of it probably wasn't perfect, if anything, but just trying to move forward, even despite the feelings and the thoughts and yeah, and being perfectly imperfect to... That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that you still were using the tools. So would you say you were still doing like thought downloads and kind of making models and checking yourself? (laughs) Yes. Yes. I would say probably they came out more often when I was more in places of distress, but I would occasionally also set some time just out of luxury. I want to say... I love that. You're doing it for fun, like when nothing was wrong. Yeah. And then outside of... Even outside of business stuff too, Mm -hmm. once in a while, I just tried it out of like realizing, oh yeah, this can be used. And I mean, you've told me that too, but just doing it for yourself, you have that firsthand experience. Yeah. Yeah. I still have to occasionally kick myself in the butt, but I'm thankful that, you know, I I have it and I can, I keep falling back or I can fall back on it. Yeah. Well, you have a human brain still. And when you don't have someone like looking at it for you, it can just sometimes create a lot of misery and distress for ourselves. So I love that you still use the tools and that you continue to use them and they really work and they work better when we do them before we have the distress. But I love that instead of making it mean you can't use it because like, how dare you let yourself get miserable, right? So you can't <laughs> use them. You're just like, oh, this, I know this helps me. So I'll just get back to it. And away you go, like down the rapids you go. Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> Rob, I just wanted to tell you that one of the reasons why you are able to have a $100,000 business is because you are willing to feel feelings that other people aren't. And when you allow yourself to do that, it allows you to create big businesses because you aren't taking time solving for problems that aren't there and you aren't taking time avoiding things or waiting to feel good in order to take action. So it's another thing to celebrate. All right. Anything else you want to share or say before we wrap up? Yeah, I'm just happy. I'm happy about 
I'm pretty much just around the corner for getting that 100K mark. And uh, thanks to you for uh, believing in me, holding yeah. that space. <laughs> yeah, I still do. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm looking forward to the rest of coaching here for this, uh, this group. Awesome. Yeah. And have a wonderful trip. Uh, is it Florida? Yeah. Yeah. Going to be a at wonderful the four, trip. four seasons in Florida. Should be. Oh, Schnapple. Should be pretty fun. Okay. How are you going to celebrate your 100K year? That's probably something I still could get coaching on is I'm very bad at celebrating or taking, I mean, I will be exclamatory about the numbers and all that, but I guess maybe setting out some type of specific thing. Like I, it's like the best I could say is like just having a dinner. Yeah. I guess it doesn't have to be uh, fireworks. And, yeah. No, and it doesn't even have to be anything you buy. Right. But I do think that it should be like, I would recommend just from my own experience of hitting these milestones recently too, is calendar it. Like on this day, I'm, we are doing this in observance of this. And then also like every time you think about yourself as a person that is a six figure earner, what does that feel like in your body? Yeah. And like really start to feel what proud feels like in your body so that you can call it up mm. and you can create it for yourself versus having it be only triggered by external things. Gotcha. So if you know, when you think about the fact that you're going to hit hundred K in a couple of weeks, what sensation do you get in your body thinking that? that? I guess it's just sort of, it's still sort of a foreign thing of just like, oh, can I, this is. Like and there's a part of me that's like, this is super awesome, but it's also just like, wow, did I do this? Yeah. So you're probably going to be like, I can't believe I did that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, okay. So I want you to shut your eyes for a minute. Okay. Because <laughs> you know, you're never allowed to be like, I don't know. <laughs> mm. And take a deep breath. And I want you to just picture that number changing and just picture knowing that it's changing no matter what, like no matter what you're getting that mm -hmm. you've got the result. It's as good as done. Breathe into that. Okay, so you're thinking about that. Does that feel different than thinking about tacos? <laughs> just tell me what your stomach feels like or what do your feet feel like? It's, I just sort of feel numb. <laughs> but you might actually be like a little disassociated from, success. The from the result or from success, right? But that was the other thing you wanted help with in this group, right? Was success, the feeling of success. Yeah, I think that's a part of it. Yeah. Because if you're successful, what does it mean? That you have a lot to lose or? No, it, it's not that now. I think it's just more of like, wow, I really can do this. But like this is possible. And there is sort of a feeling like, am I allowed to be like this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you created this, right? Aside from like being like, oh, Heather helped me or whatever. Yes, I helped you with some thought work, right? Yeah. But like you crafted the plan, you took all the actions, you had to think ahead about what you wanted this to be, what the outcome you wanted to be, and then continually do the things over and over again, right? Like nobody else did it for you. And it didn't just happen to you. Yeah. Like you did it on purpose. Yeah. Is there some emotion under there? Yeah, it just it feels really good. Mm-hmm. I want you to be able to experience that and feel it in your body so that like you get to own this and feel it. And it be this kind of feeling becomes more normal. Yeah, I think yeah, just you walk around. I mean, in the like you're making things happen, but just to sit there for or stand there for a moment to realize like what you've accomplished and all that, it's even maybe that for a moment might feel. Well, I don't know. Some people might feel selfish or guilty about it, but I don't have that feeling of that. It's really more of a feeling of just, I never even thought about it. Yeah. It's just very alien of a feeling. And like, and I don't know, I guess I can say that I never really saw my parents really celebrate successes and stuff like that too. Like even birthdays, we had a birthday, an attritional birthday, but yeah, it always seemed like uh, everything just has a feeling like you were going through the motion Yeah, or maybe my interpretation of it. I think that's like most people's lives. Like how often do we, where is this taught? First of all, I have a difficult time with this too. Like this is why I need a coach too, that holds me, that doesn't let me get away with, I don't know, 
right? And just holds me right there at the barrier just long enough for me to get a taste of actually the experience of what my life is Mm. when I'm really feeling. Yeah. Because it's so easy to avoid emotions because it's uncomfortable. Like even the good ones are uncomfortable because we don't allow it to stay. We just don't have a lot of practice in it. So now that you've pulled that in, like you've had a moment, you know what that, I think it's like proud success belief. Yeah. Damn, this is pretty kick-ass. Yeah. So now every time your brain goes to say like, I can't believe this, or every time you catch yourself saying that out loud, I want you to remind yourself just how real it is and how believable it is. And also remind yourself all of the ways that you made this happen. That's your recipe to make it happen again, because Mm -hmm. you can do it over and over and over again, no matter what now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So congratulations. I'm really proud of you. And when I'm feeling proud of you, like it's the same feeling I feel for myself when I feel proud. Mm. Right. So Mm -hmm. like, it's just like, feels really good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like a sip of bubbly. Like a sip of bubbly. Yes. So congratulations. Thank you for coming here and sharing with us. This is going to be a great episode. Where can people find you? Uh, People can find me at uh, jamesrivermfr.com. I am in Richmond, Virginia, right just two hours south of DC. If you need a landmark to orient yourself. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'll see you in coaching in a couple of days. All right. All right. Thanks for joining us today. And I will be here next week with another episode of the MFR Coaches Podcast. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining me today. My goal is to help all MFR therapists stop under-earning and burning out. I have several resources available for you. Read my book, The MFR Coach's Guide to Having Your Own MFR Business, available on Amazon and at Advanced John Barnes MFR Seminars. Keep listening to the podcast. I'll always have fresh content each and every week. Join my group coaching program. Enrollment opens four times per year. We take all the information I teach and lay down the foundation for your six-figure MFR business. It's more than just raising rates, but you'll make that the hardest part. Then expand into the business owner who delivers your rate like it's just the news and who can sell MFR to anyone in any situation. I'll show you how. Get on my email list, follow me on social media at The MFR Coach, and visit my website for more information on group enrollment, themfrcoach.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.